You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Michael Dougherty. This podcast is supported by the Ann Michalski Foundation. My father never talked about how to make money. Like, in other words, I never made decisions based on money. I was always like, what would make me happy? And uh, I think that's important too, because uh, if you're going to be a composer, especially in concert music, uh, you know, the money can be the main, the main driving force, because if you try to do that, you're going to be unhappy. <laughs> so really, the, again, just being an artist to be happy and to discover what you can contribute to society is the way I was brought up. And that stayed with me throughout my entire life. And so what is it like, you know, really trying to interpret or build upon, expand upon some of these icons um, of American culture, some that have their own sound like Sinatra or Elvis or their icons in a different sense like Jackie O or Superman. And so how do you thread that needle to maybe superimpose your sound, but also be in dialogue with their sound or their story? The translation of an idea that's non-musical to a musical idea is is that mystery area, which I really can't necessarily explain. And if I could probably would ruin the process to a certain degree. Uh, There's something about when you're exploring, not knowing exactly where it's going to go or how it's going to turn out, which creates an element of surprise and an element of, uh, you know, uh, intrigue, so to speak. Uh, So But I I guess what I do is I immerse myself in a particular thing, whether it was uh, back in, you know, when I wrote Metropolis Symphony, the Superman inspired piece. At that time, you know, most of the music that composers were writing was very abstract, uh, atonal music with no melodies, no reference to things. And uh, I wanted to connect with some way with the time I was in. And there was a 50th anniversary of the Superman comic books at the Cleveland Museum of Art. And there they had the, the costumes that the characters had worn in, in, in the films, the, you know, and they had all the comic books framed from number one, which goes for like a million dollars now to, to the present. And you can see the artwork. And I remember reading those comics and I thought, you know, that would be a metaphor for imagination and, and doing something different, you know? And that's what I've been pursuing throughout. So all your pieces, to me, have, like, really strong storytelling. And obviously, as, like, a composer, you don't have the same tools as maybe, say, like, a novelist. So I was wondering, um, how do you go about capturing, like, a moment or an image or a setting with sound? Like, how do you use just the tools you have to take the audience on that journey? I mean, it's, it's different from being, for example, a film composer, because in film, you're, you're working with, uh, you're writing music where there's often dialogue and sound effects and visuals. So the music is part of the counterpoint of those. So the music can't be too busy. It has to be supporting uh, those elements. And it, so that's why the only time the composer ever gets a chance to film music is at the end credits <laughs> or the beginning credits when they're just rolling the text out, you know. Um, so when you're a composer of concert music, you know, you're, you're doing everything. You're writing the dialogue, you're doing the sound effects, 
you're you're doing the acting you're doing the directing you know and uh, you're creating the atmosphere so uh i i guess you know what if what i frequently do i'll just i often work at the piano i'll just sit at the piano and doodle around you know and um and then if something strikes my fancy, like I'll be thinking about something, do it around. Then I go immediately to my computer, which is right next to me. I have a very large monitor and I use Sibelius music software and I will enter that in what I just did. And then from then on, I, you know, it's kind of an osmosis process between the two, between playing, you know, putting it in, listening. Then every day uh, when I write, I, I save the file name for that date and I make an MP3 of the sounds, you know. So I use the note performer program uh, that plays the, you know, the, the orchestra piece I'm writing on or the chamber piece, whatever. Then I will drive around whenever I'm driving around or upstairs cooking or something. I'll listen to that two minutes I composed, you know, over and over again. I listen to it. That could be short. It could be longer. That's kind of boring. I need to add something. So a lot of it is, uh, you know, it's, it's a back and forth and um, a process of in, instincts, you know, to a certain degree. And then, uh, composing, that's where the, that's where all the techniques come in, all the things you learn as a composer, you know, like uh, you learn counterpoint, you learn orchestration, you learn various techniques of manipulating the music, you know, those are technical things that really the typical audience member does, doesn't really care about. That's kind of your own, the things you do to, to build the piece, you know, and, and to create it. But uh, um, I was thinking, you know, when you walk into a building, a new building, you don't care about the electrical and the plumbing and where all the sewer pipes go and, and all that kind of stuff. You just look at the building, right? So when people are listening to music, they're listening to an aspect of music, but behind, behind, the, uh, behind the hood, so to speak, if you look, lift up the car engine, you, know, you lift up the, 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 the hood to your car, there's, a, there's all this complicated engine, which I could never fix, but, but all that technical stuff is there to make that car run or to make the building move. So it is important to know all those technical aspects, but in a way those are hidden to the, to the listener. And you, I can see how you must be very inspiring for your students. And you really taught some really amazing emerging artists or people who've, who themselves forge wonderful careers and have added much to the, the musical world. So what are some of those things that are important for you to impart to your students? And, you know, how, you know just how do you go about sharing that? Yeah, I mean, you know it's a combination of learning things, what not to do and what to do. So I remember uh, when I was growing up, the way of teaching tended to be more the old, <laughs> the old uh, German masochistic way where you would be very critical of the students. And that's what I remember my teachers in the past were very, very critical and a lot of negatives. Don't do this. Don't do that. Um, very judgmental. And I just remember being as a student that, that never, really worked with me but that was the way that so much teaching was done kind of a punishment or like going through a boot camp and somehow if you got out the other end and you could survive then you might make it you know kind of thing but not everybody's going to be a professional musician you know part of the reason that many people study music is maybe they're going to go they think they're going to do music but they end up doing something else but the thing they learned in music for example my daughter who's 31 now played the bassoon of course because I wrote Dead Elvis and Hell's Angels for bassoons and other pieces. Grew up playing the bassoon, but then when she went to college, uh, she became very involved in languages. Now she speaks Spanish and she speaks Arabic. 
and you know developing ear for music you know helped her i'm sure learn languages and her, her accents are quite good because she has a good ear you know so you never know where your music studies will will lead you so just a just a summary sort of is that i try to stay out of the person's way you know try to be positive as possible and i try to uh, give alternatives if they tend to write a particular way i'll say well let's look at some ways different than what you do and maybe you can think about that so uh you know it's all offering alternatives and you know it's also a it's a very it's like going to a therapist only because america is very different in that we actually have private lessons in europe my experience was they tend to be group lessons you'll have maybe 10 people in a room for two or three hours in america it's one hour alone with a person in a room so it's more like seeing a therapist and first you have to build trust with that person uh, and that takes a while you know and some everybody's different uh, some people are very fragile some people are very brash some people have a lot of defenses up uh you know if they, if they had a relationship with their with their parent or parents that where they were always criticized all the time and they had to be defensive then if you say anything that might, might perceive as being critical then immediately their defense shields go up and it might come through anger or being arrogant. So you kind of have to learn, you know, how to navigate that. Actually, if somebody's acting a particular way, it's not what you think it is. It's actually something else. And to not things, not take things in a personal way. I think that's probably what's hardest as a teacher is to not do things personally. If somebody decides they want to move on and study with somebody else, or maybe they write music that really you don't like, you know, to not take that in a personal way. I will say that finally that my, one of my teachers, Giorgi Leggetti, who I mentioned, who I worked with in Hamburg for two years, said to me, well, you'll know you're writing the right kind of music when I don't like it. I thought that was an interesting comment. So uh, anyways, I've been teaching for, geez, 35 years or so. So I'll be wrapping it up probably here in the next few years. But uh, it's been a great great process to work with so many talented students over the years. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.